Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. So we've touched on this a little bit before, but let's do more of a deep dive. So challenge rating for your party. Yeah. This would be how to treat your party's challenge rating, because you might have a min-max wizard, for example, not talking about our party at all, no. that bumps the challenge rating up by like three or four. Yeah, it just depends. So if you're playing... So here's the deal. It really just, it looks like, again, the challenge ratings are for an average party. So what is it an average party? Well, in an average party, you have a spell slinger who typically does damage spells. Can do some battlefield control, but for the most part, it's a damage spell. Somebody speller. who can do some healing. You have a healing, a uh, cleric, typically. You're going to have somebody on the front line. Either you have to have some sort of meat shield, also yep. known as a paladin, a cleric, a bar... I mean, a paladin, well, a cleric can function as a, a, a fighter... A barbarian is, or a monk. Yep. And then you normally have some supporting damage. I, either if that's another spellcaster. Could be ranged. Or like a range. Or even another fighter. Yeah. So you typically, and, well, you, and normally that person is, is there, especially if it's in a trap-heavy game, it's going to be a rogue. Yes. Or a barbarian with, because they get a minor amount of trap Or stuff. if you're going to 3-5, it's like the scout variant of yeah. the ranger that gets it as well. Yeah. Normally, your, normally your support has some sort of trap finding, so, whether that's running into the trap and triggering it or actually dis yeah. disabling it. Right. I can take the trap because I have a bunch of hit points, or I can take the trap because I'm a rogue and I, I make these things for a living. So typically, so you have your you have your wizard, you have your cleric, you have your fighter, you have your, your rogue. rogue. Those are your or, normal stereotypes. Or the players that function in those roles yes. to varying levels of success. So let's say that your party's decided to be really, really bizarre. And they've decided to be like, we're not going to have Four a bards. wizard. We're going to have, no, not even that bad. But like, we're not going to have a wizard. We're going to have a bard as our spellcaster. Okay. We're going to use the paladin as our healer. Okay. We're going to use the barbarian as our trap finder. Okay, and we're going to use the monk as kind of our stand-up damage guy with the barbarian. Okay. Fine. Okay. Well, because of that, and depending on how they do, you might realize that if they're a level 4 party or level 8 party, let's just use level 8. I've used level 4 in the last couple episodes. So they're a level 8 party, and you realize really quickly that if you were to throw a level 6 challenge rating at them, they're struggling with it. So you need to adjust down a little bit. Because the party itself is not optimized to make the average of what they should have been. And that's mm -hmm. not a problem. It's just for something you need to pay attention to. Because if you threw like a level challenge rating 10 at them, and they're like really functionally a challenge rating 6 party, you're probably going to kill maybe all of them. All of them. Um, you know, except for maybe the barbarian who can run away faster. Or the monk, the depending on the, the monk, monk who can run away faster. teleport if he's a shadow monk. Well, not at eight. But I mean, the point, well, maybe. Six is when he gets that. Okay, well, the point is, people are going to run away and people are going to die. And that's just the end of it. So mm -hmm. that's the worst case scenario is when the players pick or they aren't really understanding the game well enough and you realize, okay, um, I, you could see this in a lot where, oh, I have a cleric and I treat him like a fighter. I only use him for curing spells. I never use him for buff spells on himself or anybody else. And so while the cleric can actually do a lot more damage and a lot take a lot more hits, the cleric never thinks to ever cast a spell other than the word cure after this after the whole fight's over or in a pinch in the middle of the fight. So they're not utilizing the cleric as they could be. So they're not functioning as a challenge rating one or eight in this case. So they're level eight. They're not they're not functioning as a level eight character. They're functioning more like a level five character. So keep that in mind. Now, the opposite problem, which is what we have in our game, 
is that if depending on who's playing, um, you know, some of us like to min max our characters. Now, I'm not saying that some of us like to break them entirely where they're only good at one or two things and they suck at everything else. Others of us like to make them really good at one or two things, but still good at the rest of their job. Mm -hmm. Now, they're not as good as the min-maxer, and and basically it's known as a glass cannon. So as long as they're firing forward, the cannon doesn't break. But if you do anything other than let them fire in one direction, they break, they shatter. And so if you have a player like that, first of all, you can shatter them if you want. That's one way to take care of that problem. But second of all, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. But third, of, but what I would say is that your challenge rating is different. So if you have a person who's min-maxed their wizard, for instance, to be maximizing the amount of damage that they can do with like touch spells, and then extending that so that like they can do it like let's say sixty feet or more, um, you're going to want to basically realize that any character getting within sixty feet of that character is going to be toast. They're functionally going against a challenge rating much higher than they would appear to be. Yep. Now, anything after that, though, right? So a volleying of archers on that same spellcaster renders that person pretty much not effective. I mean, they can do a fireball or something in a long or, range, but that's not what they've min-maxed all their stuff to do well. Or another spellcaster that... Doesn't specialize in touch spells, so he's always outside of that 60 feet. Exactly. So you get some of those things where some players present themselves as a challenge rating higher than what they are. And so they might be a level 8, but in reality, they could by themselves be a level 8. Mm-hmm. Like, without any real help, they could take on a challenge rating 8 monster, for the most part. I mean, if the monster was tailored to not take damage for their type, then no. But I mean, most monsters of the same challenge rating could be destroyed by that one guy or gal. So what I'm going to say is, if that's your case, look at your challenge rating, bump it up by at least two, then maybe three, then maybe four. Just figure out exactly where your challenge rating are is for that. Um, and that's not a problem. It's just one of those things to realize that you have a party member who's you know, kind of skewing the game. Now, what do you do if you have a party who has some players not playing their characters to the fullest of their ability and some players min-maxing their characters? Because we have the same problem. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I've seen it in almost every game I've ever played in different groups where you have one or two players who are pretty new, and that's fine. And they're playing something like a cleric, but they're using the cleric as just basically a fighter with the ability to cast a heal spell every once in a while. Mm-hmm. versus a cleric as a spell-slinging beast who can buff themselves up and go in toe-to-toe with almost any monster in the game at their level. Mm-hmm. So what do you do then? Well, what I like to do then is I like to have a boss who's maybe the challenge rating of the players. And that one's going to focus specifically on the min-max glass cannon person, Right. And then what I like to do is I like to throw several different smaller monsters in the ring that do represent a challenge rating of compensate size for the for the cleric being the fighter, for instance. Or um, you have other options there, too. Now, another thing you can do, just to be really honest, if you're noticing that behavior, one of the things we did, which is really helpful, is we just created a list of all the spells that the cleric could have, gave it to the player... 
and just kind of encourage them to take a look at it. And if that player is going to listen to this right now, <laughs> they've taken a huge um, leap forward in playing a cleric as a cleric and no longer as a he's, fighter. He's a, he's actively looking at his spells. Because he has them because in front of him. Because he knows what he's doing. It's yes. not this gargantuan task of, I need to flip through the back of the player's handbook figure and figure out. out what spells I have. He's like, oh, I just look at this sheet right next to my player character, and then it has what I have prepared already here and what all my options are if I was to rest. Exactly. And a brief description of what it does. So two seconds on his half, he can yep. figure out, oh, I want to, I can do X right now. Does that fit the scenario? Yes. No. Or I'm no. going to hit it with my mace then. Yes. Yes. I'm going to cast this instead. Exactly. Or, oh, we're going to go into the, before, oh, behind this door, we, we suspect something nasty's here. I'm going to cast these three spells instead now, as opposed to, I'm just going to open the door. And, so it's been very and, helpful. And then because he has the descriptions there, he can write, cast this in these scenarios once yep. he gets a little bit better. Yep. And it's not a big deal. It's just a matter of knowledge and learning. It's, it's just since, it's just since he's newer, like, few months or it's just that whole entire gargantuan task of learning the rules that's yeah, crazy he has to do while balancing a character yep and so i would suggest that as well as a way to balance out your cr your challenge rating is if you see players that are not playing their character i'm not going to say correctly i'm just going to say as they're designed to be played um then i would maybe pull them aside or during the game just remind them like Oh, you know, before we open up this door, do you want to cast any spells as a cleric? Are you going to cast any buff spells? And if the answer is no, be like, okay, did you load up? You know, do you have this loaded up? Okay, you might want to consider always having that loaded up because, yep. you know, divine favor is a nice little deal or divine yep. might's a nice little deal. Like, having it, it, the reason why they might not be using that character is because they're not sure how to dip their toes into spell casting. So yep. if you help them or if you have, unfortunately in our group, we have a lot of people who've played clerics so they know, hey, you should have, you should be casting this here instead of that if you have a prepared. Oh, you do. You should cast this instead. Yeah, it's better. It's a better spell. And then the other last thing I would say is how do you stop some of the min max or glass cannons? You basically, before they begin their character, ask them what they're planning on doing. Every time they take some really weird feat that doesn't make a lot of sense to you, ask them why they're doing it, because they might be trying to become a god at, like, level 9. And I'm not even joking. I've seen it happen. Empowering squirrels to kill the squirrels. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. yeah. Just something where there's just like, oh, well, if I do this feat with this feat with this feat with this feat and this spell... I'm a god. And you're like, no, you're not going to be doing that today. So I always make sure that for those people, I constantly am asking them how they're leveling their character and why they're, what they're trying to do. And typically they know before we play a game together to come to me and tell me what they want to do with their yes. character. And I have to go okay it before or, they start. Or if you're in the boat of you okayed everything and then you didn't know how bad it was until it took fruition and it's too late for you to have them pull that back. Yeah. Glass cannons are only meant for to do one thing super well. And nothing so else. So you just never have that thing happen as oh. much as it should. And most of the time it'll be damage. Most of the, the time problem. it's damage. So if he's specialized in fire damage, yeah. give everything a little bit of fire resistance. That'll help. It mitigates it. Yeah. There's ways you can mitigate what the glass can do. Or just have a conversation do, with Or them. have the conversation. Or listen to our, how do you handle a... Some of the players that do that sort of stuff, which was, I think we just covered last week. So mm -hmm. 
Anyway, that's it for now. We'll leave you, and you guys have a great day. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to SkullRPG.com.